Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, um, the boat took a bit of a pounding last night and um, uh, nearly capsized once and today I've been getting hit all day by big waves. So tonight we're going to think, put out a thing called the Drogue. Day one. <sighs> Tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in and I wanted to get five. Uh, or five days done, sorry, going into day six now. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks, done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted actually. Day 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. Have you ever noticed when you have a pressing need to go to the toilet, but for whatever the situation or circumstance, you have no outlet, no physical um, way of meeting that need, you have no choice in the matter, that you are able to suppress the signaling, the internal signaling after some time and kind of go about your day without that discomfort, without that... um, I suppose, pressing signal um, dominating your attention and awareness and you forget about the issue until some time passes and you, on a subconscious level, send the signal to your brain that now it's close in time measurements you are 20 minutes from a toilet you're 15 minutes whatever it may be you're close to home you're close to some place where you have access to that need that you had and all of a sudden um, the signal comes back stronger than ever and there's really no stopping it that you know you have now you have a choice and now that choice is close within your um, reach um and this sends this kind of cascade of pressure um, to your um, bowels, <laughs> right? I bet you didn't think I was going to start an episode like this. Anyway, thankfully on the ocean, I had at all times, I had within my reach, literally, I had um, the bucket. So I had a... Um, outlet for 
going to the toilet. But the reason I make this point is um, more about the psychological signaling and the powers within us. Because for 58 days, I had all sorts of ailments and stresses and pains and uh, issues physically but I had no choice in how I could deal with them okay I had some um, temporary solutions and I searched those out but at all times it was totally my responsibility to deal with those issues and ailments and pains uh, and pulls and whatever whatever it was that came up through my physical realm but now that i was on day 59 and i was within reaching point of antigua on some subconscious level i sent the signal to my brain that you know it's getting close and all these things now can be shared, all these ailments, all these discomforts, all these pains, the sores, your fingers. You can um, see somebody, you can go and see an expert and they can um, take a little bit of that responsibility away from you. And when that came, it was again like this cascade of pains. They just came from everywhere so all of a sudden things that i had like because of lack of choice that i had forced out of my brain that i had refused to listen to now that that signal had hit my brain that okay now it's close there's going to be somebody else to you know deal with this shit it's not just you it just opened the floodgates and all of a sudden everything started to hurt <laughs> so it wasn't just sores and arse and uh, fingers uh, all of a sudden my lower back from like why after sleeping for 58 days on this you know rock hard wooden kind of um, plinth that was covered with a, a foam mattress why is my why did my lower back start to get sore like my elbows my lat pulled elbows shoulders everything just starts started to hurt and it was because i had released i had i realized on on some subconscious level that um there was aid there was help and it was close and that i could let go of that you know that fight that i was having internally that refusing to listen to my body signals refusing that there was going to be pain just willing it away um but now uh, like I said, um, there was a, a resource close and getting closer and it was almost like that, whatever that neurochemistry is, I don't know if anyone has a clue what I'm even talking about, but if you, even, if you do and you're some sort of expert in this, you might share with me, you know, what is that? It's like a flick of a switch um, that you send into your brain that just it's like your body just gives up and okay this is going to be somebody else's problem as you'll see in this or here in this upcoming video from day 59 so welcome back to deep roots welcome to day 59 have a listen hey guys day 59 kind of review um uh, I'm leaning over here with my uh, arse basically sticking out the cabin door just to get some uh, air and that on it because the couple of the sores are back with a vengeance <laughs> um, so yeah you got to try and dry them out but it's near on impossible and uh, there's a reason they're back it's because it's wet and because they're irritated and um, they can't get dry and dried out so uh, yeah I don't know I even rode there one stage without the perch um, on the seat you know and that seemed to actually help it's like they've kind of they've migrated to kind of the parts of where I'm sitting on that seat now so Ah, listen, it's four days, four full days left, so it'll just be a case of managing it whatever way I can, creams, seating, um, painkillers, whatever, and just get it, just get there, and just get it done now, and get them, and then get them seen by a professional. Uh, what else? Uh, everything starts to hurt at this stage. I don't know if it's um, 
the psychology of getting closer and the body kind of going okay well now it'll be over to somebody else you know kind of almost switching off to a certain extent and then every little cost you have every little kind of um you know uh skin tear around fingernails and every move you make seems to hurt you know at night when you move around your lower back your shoulders um starting to get pains in elbows and everything uh, i'm pretty sure it's um it's just a case of like that you know it's like uh, you know i liken it to it's like when you were um, when you want to go to the toilet but you know you can't so you're able to um well you just tell yourself you won't be going for a few hours and then when you finally uh give the signal to the brain that you know you're going to go to the toilet it's like your bladder is about to explode you know so it's it's very similar to that it's just when you give the signal that like things are nearly over it just fucking it just gives up on you um uh, la, 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 la. wild 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 night uh crazy dreams i'm not too sure it's because painkillers i was taking or what but like I, I kept thinking those people in the cabin friends of mine in the cabin with me uh, and then um biblical squalls i mean like waking me up and um and then huge huge bombs hitting the hitting the cabin so um yeah it was a crazy night so if you guys have been following the deep roots podcast instagram page you'll have seen um, i've shared a couple of screenshots or pictures of the um, waterproof notebook i brought with me um, and as i got closer to the end kind of a consequence or a complement to these um, video diaries I was taking but also a consequence of the realization that there could be something um, bigger in this journey because of my trials and tribulations that there could be a book in it and I started to kind of take uh, notes from each day so before that I had been taking think from around day 27 i'd been using it to to measure distances so distances that i was calculating myself uh, because i wasn't getting my exact distance it would have to be um, um calculated from the starting when i wake up the distance i am and then when i go to bed the distance i'm at there and then I, from ringing home or texting home or talking to somebody asking them to look on the tracker there's a there was a company called yb yb uh, yellow brick tracking i think and they um have a you know 24 hour total of distance covered so i would ask them and then i would compare the two every day and then i would make a calculation based off both of how many miles i have left and to certain waypoints and all that so that was what i was doing in that notebook mostly but then i started taking uh, kind of daily notes from around day 30 but there's loads of gaps in it and it doesn't really get um, consistent and full in terms of uh, notes taken until around day I don't know f 51 or 2 maybe a bit before that and then towards these days 59, 58, uh, 60, 61 there's, there's quite a lot of notes so I'm just gonna I have it here and I'll be putting a picture of this up onto Instagram but I thought I would uh, I would share some of the um, ramblings maybe um, but day 59 is actually um, is probably as, more, as precise as it got in terms of uh, the notes. But it's, it basically says, while morning, plus 25 knots. Uh, head down and work across winds. Getting soaked. Getting pounded by waves. Capsize possible. Talc addiction at night. Lost bottle in brackets last. Uh, so I lost my last bottle overnight slash wild lat okay arse sore spirits high nearly there so that's the notes for day 59 and um yeah it kind of there's a few there's a few little bits in in these notes that you know only having gone back over them now i realize um that 
because I, I I've looked at these videos many many times and like I've said in the past in this podcast I used them in talks so you know I I go I go through them a lot and I, these tell the story for me three day, three years later apart from a few moments that are like singed into my memory and and very kind of vivid that um these videos um, document the journey and have kept my memories alive and flag memories up but there's a few little notes here and there uh, a few little sentences in the daily notes that um that um i did i'd forgotten about you know i don't read these things often or ever really probably only once or twice um so there was a there's a couple there from even day 58 the day before that um yeah you just reading them before I was doing my uh, prep for this episode, like I, I had totally forgotten about. So one of them is thinking about the different strokes involved in this journey and how intuition somehow starts the stroke needed before you've made a decision or realized it's needed. And then in brackets, it says tap, tap slash downwind and wave. And then below that, it says riding wave when everything is running together is incredible such a buzz from the speed and exhilaration like i i'd forgotten that even happened this late in the journey on day 58 but um yeah like sometimes if you they call it surfing a wave um i'm not sure if i've mentioned it i've done i've talked so much about this row i'd be very surprised if i haven't mentioned it but maybe you guys remember but you surfing down a wave it's just when you time it perfectly and you sit on top of the wave and it pushes you along uh, for a moment or even in you know a combined length of moments so sometimes you stay up there longer and uh, um, the scuppers which are these little holes that help drain the boat when the water gets on um, they fill with the wave you know and they let the wave in instead of what they're designed for and sending the whole boat is this kind of foaming sensation like and it's churning and then obviously you're surrounded on the outside by the white the break of the wave and you are just flying along on top of it in that power of that break and you're surfing on top of it and it is just some buzz you're like holy fucking shit because <laughs> it's such a slow thing to do like ocean rowing it's just such a grind all the time and it's there's nothing particularly exciting about it it's just fight it's just work it's just grind it's just graft but then when you have a moment like this where you just perfectly nail the stroke that keeps you on top of the wave and in its power and that just propels you along um with the wave foaming at the gunnel like around it and the scuppers opening up and the wave coming in and you are just you know you look at the i think there was before my um, deck repeater broke i think i remember seeing uh hitting maybe eight eight knots or something i've heard of people nearly double that you know, 14 15 i've no idea if i got anywhere near that because um my little screen that tells me my speed broke after um the first capsize but anyway it's, it's beside the point right it's the experience and uh having that experience when you nail that is like i said in this note is um is some buzz and it's uh, some level of exhilaration so that was um day 59 yeah loads of other points there like the talc addiction i think i talked about before which is um you know, when you're just trying to dry out your skin at the at the end of the day and coming in and sticking my legs in the air and just grabbing a bottle of talc and just nailing myself <laughs> in every and getting as much onto onto myself as possible. Uh well, you know, legs akimbo. Uh and like this cloud of talc in the in the little cabin after that. Uh last bottle, I remember like the last bottle, I obviously don't know what happened to it, but um it been gone and then having to uh, after that for the next four days drink out of the big 10 liter gallon drum like so um just filling that up and um yeah like i 
either six or seven and a half liters i would normally make water in a day and then uh, yeah basically just using that as my drinking vessel which is a, it's a big vessel even for a pretty big man uh spirits high yeah i think you could tell that i would say they were even you know i, I felt in quite a you know neutral place even though in this video when i put it up oh, you'll see it on youtube and instagram if you're interested um I'm literally got my head indoors, so my head's in the cabin, but my arse is sticking out of the cabin uh, into the sun to try and dry out the skin because this period, uh, starting on day 58, if you remember the start of that episode, I talked about the squall that came in, but this period generally was just wet. And, you know, as I, as I share my notes with you in these videos, you, you'll, you'll hear a, a recurring theme. Uh, so yeah, once your skin gets wet, like that was the big factor with the sores from the start and that's why we had that dry period and then using the perch and talc i was able to kind of have a nice um i was have some regression in the discomfort and pain of the sores and it's only now that you know i haven't been able to get the skin dry because of these wet days that they've kind of come back with a vengeance um but thankfully you know i'm close to the end and and that helps massively psychologically when you see the end is in sight and it's not a thousand miles away and it's not three weeks, you know, and how kind of demoralizing that can be. But I've talked about that before, so I won't get too much into that. Capsize possible. I'm not sure. I, I obviously I felt those conditions um, merit, could merit a capsize. And there was big, like I talked about at night, big, big waves bombing the cabin and big squalls coming in. And I talk about that in the next video as well. So here's day 60. Uh, enjoy. Hi guys, uh, day 60, um, I'm out here on deck, just want to show you some conditions, they've picked up a lot in the last day. So um, the boat took a bit of a pounding last night and um, uh, nearly capsized once and today I've been getting hit all day by big waves. So tonight we're going to think, put out a thing called the Drogue. It's going to trail 50 meters behind the boat and keep us downwind and uh, and down waves, hope down direction of waves and uh, uh, diminish the chance of capsizing. So here it is. It's kind of also known as a witch's hat, so it's ready to go for later. All right, talk to you. A witch's hat or a windsock would be another great way to describe what a drogue looks like so if you're trying to picture it in your uh, mind now uh, i want you know when you at the airport or you drive past an aerodrome or whatever it may be and they have that uh, sock thing that flies to show uh, wind direction and i suppose wind strength and speed well that's exactly kind of what a drogue looks like there's a couple of different sizes um, and the one i had on deck is the one that nearly is a replica of a windsock you would see at a, an airport i mentioned this before i think way back in probably day 14 you know the craziest day of my life episode where i had the two capsizes and nearly three more um, because that was the first time i ever used a drug and uh, it deployed it and um, this is so yeah i don't know exactly I have no clue, if I'm being honest, how the bloody thing works. Like, how does this thing that, you know, sits attached to 50 meters of line or more um, underwater that you drag along, how that helps the boat stay in line with the wind direction and the wave direction? I mean, not a clue. I don't know. I can't even. I don't have the. Don't have any information that I could even make a educated guess with on that one. But um, I listened and I surrounded myself with people who knew a lot more than I did around ocean rowing and ocean generally. And one of those was Justin Adkin, who was an enormous help for me. Uh, he was the guy who built my boat, and he was on there at any. Uh, 
at my kind of beck and call at any time to um if I had any you know questions or needed any help or advice um and anything you know he told me to do it worked really well and one of those things was you know with these um big another big storm coming in uh to deploy the the drug because that would minimize hugely minimize the chances of capsize because if i hadn't had the drug on well then the boat is at the mercy of the elements and without any kind of steering system on board it goes beam on or sideways on as i've told you guys um and then you know if i'm in like day 14 if i'm on the wrong place on the side on the face of a wave so i go up the face of a wave beam on and um it breaks at the top which it will be doing in in these types of conditions with you know a storm coming in and the winds are above 25 knots that's when the wind pushes the top of the wave over and breaks it you know like you see in a um you know when people are surfing so if i if the if basically the boat is underneath that um break then it'll just it'll turn the boat over and you know if you're asleep like i was in day 14 well then you get woken up mid capsize perhaps when your head there's part of you smashes off the side of the cabin so it's um yeah to say that's uh fun would be a massive massive stretch <laughs> so uh yeah drogue was um ready to go on day 60 in those conditions if you get to see the the video i do do a little bit of a pan um of what um i'm kind of seeing it doesn't look majorly bad but i can tell you it's um it was a lot worse than that video showed and then um i'm just going to read the the notes from day 60 because there are lo loads of them so uh drogon for night uh wild wild night squalls from hell and waves weird dreams kept thinking friends were in cabin I put that down to um i was taking a lot of painkillers at this stage for uh, for numerous numerous uh, ailments and as i talked about the um the fact that now i'd kind of let myself have a lot more by flicking that psychological switch so um yeah i remember this night so well like because the cabin was getting bombarded with these as i called them bombs like because they felt they they felt that way you know remember now i'm only separated from these huge waves by like millimeters of kind of marine plywood so they are booming off the side of the cabin and reverberating through it and your head is like literally a couple of feet from those that impact so i yeah so these bombs are hitting the cabin all night and then you could hear the squalls coming in like they were they were so heavy that they were actually waking me up but it, i don't know if it was waking me up as such it was just that i was in this kind of weird state that wasn't really sleep i was kind of because of i'd say the the amount of painkillers i'd taken um so i was actually in a kind of semi-conscious state and i was able to hear those squalls much more regularly so it just seemed like chaos and then yeah having these fucked up dreams that like you know i remember hearing people i knew were lying beside me in the cabin and conversations um i was in and out of and listening to between people i knew and that they were lying beside me this is what i was kind of um experiencing um all at the same time so it was all a bit fucking wacky um yeah uh what else road with per road without perch for a bit uh sores are coming back sit it's like sitting on a cheese grater uh, half day with drogue and still 40 nautical miles so i left the drogue on that's what that refers to i left the drogue on and rode with it um so it creates obviously drag and friction um but it keeps you aligned right it keeps the back of the boat the stern of the boat um kind of taking the impact of these big waves so you know it's you know it's hugely beneficial but the drag would obviously slow you down so to still get 40 miles is good sorted meals for final four days that just 
that means that um you know I, I brought 90 days worth of food and here i was on day 60 uh, no sorry 50, 60 yeah um so there was 30 days of food 18 of those days was wet rations which i didn't touch so then i had 12 days worth of food to choose from for the last four days so i basically just went through it all picked out the best stuff and you know the stuff i like most um the cap carbonara from expedition foods delicious probably a couple of spag balls because they weren't bad there was a fish and parsley thing and then there was a hot pot as well that they were really nice so i'd say i just i picked all those out and just um you know gave myself that kind of that boost through having the, the nice food that i enjoyed um drop sim um in inverted commas it says family and friend or sorry in in brackets it says family and friends in water um second fat phone second sat phone stopped working yeah there's more about that coming began torture of began so that's a bgan which is a piece of equipment began torture of sending while on deck in these big seas that was the thing The began was how I was able to send these videos or the odd one of these videos home. Uh, and that process in itself was a absolute nightmare. So you have this kind of heavy square implement um, that is the broadband satellite uplink or the began. And you have to um, hold the, the way that links up is you have to hold it in line with one of the satellites and it beeps beep, 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 beep. And when it gets that like full tone beep, that means you're locked in with a satellite. Um, so you have to keep it on that point in the sky. Um, and that can be at any angle like that can be right behind you. It can be at, you know, whatever, four o'clock. It can be at one o'clock it's invariably it's at an awkward angle uh, you have to hold this thing out at the, and try and keep it dead steady the steadier you can keep your hand or well the steadier you can keep that um, line between the unit and the satellite the quicker the upload happens and then in your other hand you have your uh, my iphone um, and uh, i i'm uploading through whatsapp believe you know i think i've again mentioned this um so uh i'm if you know what a, the whatsapp up like upload looks like there's a little circle and it kind of inches his way around the circle so i've got these two things this is when i'm meant to be resting like i should be in the cabin asleep i'm trying to send this thing and in big seas um you lose that uh, connection with the satellite very easy because not only is the not only are the kind of um, trying to hold that out it's a heavy unit for like 20 30 minutes is not only is that hard enough but in those big seas you know you're getting bashed around and the, the boat has been kicked off that line and then often the way you pick out the satellite because it doesn't keep beeping like once you have once you have linked it on and pressed the, the kind of upload, it stops beeping, but then it can drop out, you know, so the the um, strength of that link can drop out really easily, but you don't know it. So it slows down that, um, that upload. But the way you would pick out where the satellite is after that is the minute it beeps on, beep, 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 you're like, okay, that's the cloud there. So you know you're you're keeping on a cloud but like those clouds are obviously moving as well and so is the boat so like it could take forever I, I remember one in particular and it might be this one on day 60 even though i don't think it is but one uh video took about 45 minutes to upload um and it was it was a short normally it was what i found was uh, a one minute video would take 10 minutes and two minute video would take 20 minutes and a three minute video which was rare that i sent but that would take what half an hour but i think this was a really short video like you know a minute and i you know i went into it thinking okay it'll probably take 10 minutes and i think it took it took about 45 minutes so that was in itself a little bit of um a little bit of psychological torture um because you you know your expectations uh so began torture of sending while on deck in these big seas yeah electric blue fish with green tail uh, following darian question mark i think i remember seeing this um this um 
fish this um, reflection in the water over a number of days I'm sure who knows it could have been probably was uh, different or the, the same species of fish but just different fish but um, I was questioning was it following me because I'd seen it over a number of days and then the last one is pretending there's no pain or suffering ignoring it all because time to go is so long so yeah that's kind of what I talked about at the start so that was day 61 and um uh, sorry that was day 60 and I'm going to try and fit in one more so here's the video for day 61 enjoy hi guys uh, day 61 um a pretty wild night uh, to say the least um squalls like ridiculous squalls and uh, biblical squalls and uh, yeah some huge waves hitting the cabin uh, and doesn't bear thinking about what it'd be like without without the drogue that I put out last night uh, I'm just going to try and show you because I still have it on I'm just going to try and show you here it is not sure if you can see that line but there's about 50 meters of it uh, going straight out the back with a kind of a windsock on the end. That's the drogue and keeps me straight with these massive waves and this uh, hectic wind uh, I'm going to give you just a short tour of the boat as well because it's something I should have done But I never got around to it so better late than never. Uh, here's my um, harness You never take that off around here um, Just going to cook lunch so I have the checkpoint out inside the cabin now because there's one thing I want to show you have it ready here it's the water maker so it's uh, as you can see we're inside the cabin uh, the water makers here underneath my bed uh, that sucks water up from the sea and desalinates it through some filters and uh, gives me drinkable potable water so um, Jim McDonald's your man there with Matt, Matt Marine he's he showed me you talked me through it twice I still haven't got squalls it. and wet and drugs and um, I'll go through the notes here I think it's the best way I should call this episode Notes from the Ocean Actually you might call it that um, So day 61 notes Wet dot 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 <laughs> Yeah Tough morning fighting myself Slash sleep Ground through this Road on the left side From 7.30am To 1pm yeah, I actually remember that. That was one of the only times I actually rode um, just on one side. I think I mentioned this, uh, was it the last episode where I pulled my lat? Um, but um, this was that morning I was referring to where I just put the other oar away. Because normally, if I was rowing on deciding or needed to row only on my right-hand side um, or left-hand side... I would, um, I'd still have the other oar kind of accessible maybe in my hand or it might only happen, you know, I'd row for like 10 strokes or 20 strokes and then I'd be rowing with both arms. But I think this morning was the one morning where um, I put that oar away and just rowed with the other one and used the conditions to kind of keep me aligned. So like I just, I sat underneath the waves basically whatever waves they were that day and just took the battering but just just churned away with that one oar I felt it was a kind of an experiment but also it was my uh, most effective way of moving west to moving where I needed to go um, next note is everything hurts why now question mark uh, next one last second sat phone uh, bracket in locker water when you get closer to the islands, you have a lot more communication with the, or they want you at least to have a lot more communication with the um, duty officers, Atlantic Campaigns, the, the company who runs this um, race. Um, you know, the they, duty officers want to talk to you, see where you're getting on, make sure you're in position and everything's going okay and functioning. So with that, there was demands for me to have um, the phone available at certain times and I had kept missing them because I wasn't really like I felt like I was in control and you know I, I 
you know, I generally I'm I take full responsibility for everything. I think our minds work much better when we do that. So I wasn't hugely um motivated to be talking to them every two or three days at this one time. So I'd missed numerous phone calls from them and been a solar or as well. You know, you can't hear the phone going off, or if you do, it'll obviously ring out, and I just couldn't be bothered ringing them back. So I was going grand. There was nothing to worry them with. You know, I had, I was taking care of everything. Anyway, they they really put a lot of pressure on that you were available at a certain time um, every day for a phone call. So that meant that I started taking the sat phone out onto deck, and I was already down to my last sat phone because I can't remember because the other one I think I mentioned the last notes. Um, I dropped the SIM card for some reason. I I don't remember this happening, but I remember I lost one sat phone. I was down to my last one, and I brought it out on deck. But when it's on deck, um, and the. And when it's on deck, it's obviously vulnerable to being wet, be it waves coming over the top or be it obviously rain or whatever. It's going to get wet. So the problem was is that they were given the order to have uh, the phone available, but then they weren't ringing. So um, this was kind of annoying me. So anyway, I, I've, you know, I kept bringing the phone out. And then um, one day, I it was this day, I think it was very vulnerable to getting wet because of the condition so I put it in one of the uh, food lockers or one of the lockers on the boat which I had used for food thinking that there was enough food in that locker um, to you know for it to sit on top of but what happened was there wasn't and it had rolled down off the food the top of the food into the bottom of the locker where there was of course water and that had um fried the whole thing so that was that that was where i lost my second sat phone which will have consequences uh, as you'll hear in the next episode um finishing the the race plus began is out of data so not able to contact anyone i think so i thought the began was out of data at this point um but it turns out I was incorrect, as we'll find out in the next episode. Um, Road huge wave tonight. Bracket. When I looked in cabin, there was an arrival time on waypoint. Bracket. 75 miles away. So must have hit some speed. Yeah, honestly, I've read this to myself a couple of times. I'm not sure what that means. (laughs) When I... Road huge wave tonight, okay. When I looked in cabin, there was arrival time on waypoint, 75 miles away. So must have... Hmm, not sure. Moving on, because this isn't great podcasting, right? Um, Next note. Was magic to dry out this afternoon after another long, wet morning? And get clothes dry. Yeah, so obviously... Um, the sun had come out and uh, I was able to get uh, some you know, sun on my bones. And then the last one, which is a very sketchy sentence, says something like, and I mean that physically because it's, it's just it's on the last line of the page. And I, um, this thing is smeared and there's still, I'm, if I lick my fingers on this notebook, um, to change pages there's still salt there's still sea salt on it so it's pretty um <laughs> uh, authentic road without perch scribble arse is raw now but felt okay bracket numb while putting in ours yeah so at this point i was starting to realize that like the perch wasn't actually doing much like i think i said in one of the other the previous videos that the it's like the sores had actually kind of migrated um to where the the hard parts where the holes of the perch weren't so i just went back to trialing you know something was telling me like my intuition that the the seat even though that was the thing that caused them um could work well and um yeah so this was day 61 and uh, it seems that was the case it was funny that i was decided to give a tour of the cabin on day 61 but what i realized was that you know i was running out of data fast and that there was more and more and more people following this journey i think when i started this um 
put that in context when I started in um, Lagomera my Facebook had about just over a thousand people following it and when I finished I had about 10,000 so the amount of people that became engaged uh, through this journey and these uh, little videos was enormous so that's why I kind of at times throughout the the documentation and the videos that I would send home I I kind of regurgitated some stuff and I went back on some stuff and then I, what I realized here on day 61 is that I really hadn't given a anyone a kind of tour of the boat and showed them like where this is where that is and I suppose one of the central figures to the whole um survival out there is the water maker so that got shown and it was having um lunch at that stage as well that's normally when i made the these videos at the the turn of what i deemed the day and um and showed the uh the drogue in action as well and you know me wearing my harness so there's just a few little things in there and i think this was one of those videos that got sent home um and speaking of i'll finish on this story um speaking of the water maker there's a there's the i suppose the the king of water makers is a guy called jim mcdonald he's based in western supermare in devon and um i went to jim's workshop after i picked up darian once from justin adkins because justin is also based in devon they're about a couple hours away from each other and i swung by and um I gave him Darian because sorry I was bringing Darian to Justin for a refit of some things um I lit I could for example I couldn't fit out the back hatch uh, so he had to widen that hatch because that had to be an act an, um, an entry and access point so stuff like that needed to be done and had to be brought up to the um safety criteria of the race of the Atlantic campaign so I was bringing I drove the van or sorry I drove the boat to over to Devon and on the way I stopped into Jim and I gave him the water maker and then a few weeks later I um, drove back to pick up the boat and um, on the way back I stopped in with Jim and he had um, he put the water maker into the boat into the underneath the bed where it was based and uh, before he did that he talked me through like he literally went through step by step he went in because these water makers um are like pivotal uh in the journey and that they work and they are notoriously fickle or notoriously unreliable some of them uh, and if it becomes unreliable what you have to do is you have to use a manual um water maker which you know if you, if the operational one um gives you six liters of water in an hour or seven and a half in an hour and 15 minutes the manual one gives you about a liter of water in an hour and the manual one means you pump them with your arm through you're pushing the water through all these filters through your you know effort and exertions and it gives you about a liter of water and you know you need six liters of water so that means every time you take an hour off you have to be pumping on that thing so it's a it's the last thing you want to do right it's a nightmare so jim you know he he brought me into his workshop and he dismantled the water maker and he point like there's a million pieces to this thing and of course it's it's um it's very simple to him but i'm this is my worst nightmare i'm looking at it going fuck me I, he's lost me here I'm, I'm we're only five minutes into this thing and you know another he's another 25 minutes talking at me and i'm like at the end he goes do you think you have a good idea now how to you know the parts of that and how to fix it and i'm like jim honestly i don't i really don't but you know thanks for trying and then out in Lagomera, he comes out with his wife to the start of the race and he, you know, inspects your water maker and he makes sure it's giving you the, you know, he tastes the water and makes sure it's all working and blah, blah, blah. So mine was all good. But before we got to that point, he he did a kind of little workshop with the people who had the same water maker as mine, which is a thing called a Catadin E40. Um, and he brought us all together and he did the exact same thing, probably even in more detail. He dismantled the full one and um, 
put it back together in front of us and did it really slowly and um, showed us all the kind of points of stress and where it might go wrong and in the past what's happened and how to fix it. And again, this time I was just, I was in the back, like I was lost after about 10 minutes. So um, thankfully, Jim, you are brilliant at what you do. And my water maker had absolutely no issues because of the, that and the way Justin sets up his boats. But uh, God loves a trier because if that thing had gone wrong, I would have rang you um, and you would have had to talk me through it. And in fairness, one of the things that Jim is brilliant at, uh, or one of, the, one of the things he says is like, I, he's, I don't care, you can ring me on Christmas Day uh, as he cross. If there's a problem with that thing, I want to know and he'll fix it. So thanks, Jim. As I said in that video, God loves a trier. Um, <laughs> but I think you could, you could do that walk through with me another hundred times and i'd still be the same it's it's just not how i learn i need to i need to do things i need to experience them but um cheers and and that's it for uh episode 24 um as always uh thanks so much for listening um appreciate your support hope you're enjoying the story the, that is nearly over and hope you're getting something from the the episodes of some value or other if you'd like to support the show best way to do it is just through wherever you listen to your podcast subscribe like and share it with friends and family and, and get it out there and get more people listening and you know um and you can go on patreon as well and there's a deep roots page there and if you're feeling generous you can support um for the same price as a coffee and that'd be much appreciated any questions get them to me this is the last episode um you'll be able to get questions so if there's any um i will get them all done in a q a this week and uh should be out uh, by the end of the week if not it'll be out you know it will be out by the end of the week it has to be because next week will probably be the last episode in this series yeah i think that's it questions support and um yeah appreciate you listening as always, keep striving for more from yourselves. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 